This is True Crime Kent. We are back for part two of the Randy Stare saga. Wait, saga. Hold on. I think saga has positive. You don't want to give him that much credit. Yeah. Saga meaning. A long story of heroic achievement. Not what would this be called? Re- the Randy Stare disaster. This would be called debacle. The Randy Stare debacle. Definitely not a saga. When we last left off, did you like it? How I was saying the, the words with you at the beginning. Like I kind of wonder if that's something we should start doing, where we're kind of just hand in hand. I hated you know, it's it. Looks like we're a team. Yeah, yeah, I hated it. I'll try it another place in the script. Just, just maybe it's not good at the intro, or in the middle, or at the end. We'll see okay. how it goes. When we left off, okay. Randy's got his new channel, Pioneer Productions, going. It's doing okay. He's making comedy skits. He's obsessed with Ember McLean from Danny Phantom. He's mad at the entire world for what seems like no reason whatsoever. He's uh, struggling with his body because he feels like he should be a woman, but he refers to himself as a man, but he's attracted to women, and he finds men disgusting, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't want to sleep with women because he thinks sex is is disgusting. He's in a real bind. He's in a real bind. But it's a real mess. But uh, all that aside, when we left off, Randy basically hates the whole fucking world. And he thinks he's better than everybody else. And he wants more than anything to die. Not because he he wants to commit suicide. He does want to commit suicide. But not because he wants to be dead. But because he wants to be a ghost. He he, he thinks that this Danny Phantom lore in his head. This is really what happens. You become a ghost. And then you can haunt people when you die. And he thinks he wants to leave this coil, this meat sack that he's in and go and be a female ghost. That's what he thinks. He's going to be a female ghost when he dies. And I think that about covers it. All that makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. All that makes a lot of sense. Basically, Randy stares. Religion is Danny Phantom. A cartoon made by Nickelodeon for small children. Yeah. Sad in a way. I mean, sad. He's a Danny Fantist. <clears throat> they don't have yep. to pay taxes. Uh, May 22nd, 2014. Randy does graduate from Luzerne County Community College. He has a degree in mass communications and... Ultimately, this doesn't really matter because he has no intentions whatsoever of pursuing this or making a career out of it, despite his father's best wishes. In September of 2014, though, Randy does quit Wise Supermarket. He's been there three years at the time. He quits there because at this point, you know, it's this is 2014. He was born in 92, 8 plus 14. He's 22 years old at the time. He's thinking, hey. He doesn't look 22. He looks very small. Yeah. 
very small. Well, you'll find out later that the reason he's so skinny is not only was he just not he doesn't like to eat, but also he wants to look like a cartoon from Danny Phantom. He wants to have a slender, he wants his arms to be super skinny and his legs like a cartoon character. At what point I wonder, cause I, I was thinking like body dysmorphia, but I, I'm not quite sure I'd bucket it as that because he seems very aware of what he wants to transform into. You know what I mean? Yeah, in his head, his form in the afterlife is a between 16 and 18-year-old female. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not... I don't think it's dysmorphia. I think he's just really set on what on this reality that he thinks he can kind of determine, self-determines. It's quite fascinating, actually. Well, if you ask Randy what happens in the afterlife, he talks about this in his diary. What he really believes is that whatever you think it is, is what it is. Yeah. So he believes that if you're an atheist, yeah, you, you, there's nothing when you die. He believes that if you're Christian, there's a heaven and a hell. Randy believes that you just kind of create in your head whatever the afterlife is, and that's what it is. Man, now that I think about it, if you could do that, like if we knew you could do that, think about how much time you would spend in a day and a week in your life kind of prepping what you think. Like you would, you'd lose so much time in the here and now because you would be planning out your afterlife next phase. Yeah. But that would make sense because that's eternity and this is a set number of time. A blip. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So in September of 2014, when Randy's 22 years old, he does quit Weiss Supermarket. I don't know if this is like a a step towards trying to start a career somewhere, like trying to grow up a little bit, because his dad was very adamant, like, hey, you're in your 20s. You still live with us. Mm-hmm. Start doing something. He'd been at Weiss Supermarket for three years at that point. And his mother gets him, because remember, she sells medical supplies, so she has connections. Mm -hmm. She gets Randy a second shift job at the Wilkes Bar General Hospital as a supply closet stalker. So Randy's job was to, you know, the supply closets on every floor of a hospital that's got your basic stuff, a $500 gauze, a $1,000 pair of tweezers. And somebody hires them just to stock those closets, like to just kind of hang out in the closets and stock. Just to keep that stuff stocked. Do they stock other people outside the closet or do they, or do, like, I don't, when they are near the closet, are they just supposed to look sort of suspicious and keep an eye on things or do they, they, are they in the closet? Randy was never really in the closet. He's been open from day one. Yeah. I don't. F- I feel like we're not on the same page. He, his job was to just keep those stocked on every floor. Not a hard job with product with inventory. Inventory stalker. Yeah. Okay. We weren't on the. He same just keeps page. the inventory up in these closets that have medical supplies in them. And I think you know that. I feel like I think you knew I was trying to do a bit, and I feel like you were ignoring it. What's let's do it. Let's start. Let's do the bit. Let's do it again. What's the bit? All right. So you say supply closet stalker, and then I... He's a supply supply closet... So Randy gets a job as a supply closet stalker. What? They hire someone to just 
go from closet to closet on the various levels and just stalk? Are they stalking the outside of the closet? Like they're supposed to be just suspicious and kind of pretend like they're not supposed to be. Right. Are they inside each closet? And do they spend a specific amount of time in each one stalking it? Now, how do you want me to respond to this? I want I want you to go like this, like you like you do. I want you to go. What? <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> kind of that. And we'll cut all this out, right? No. Okay. Okay. Why would we cut out the a funny a funny part? So say your part again. Why would? What? So they hire somebody to go to the hallways are they stalking outside of the the like they're not supposed to be there and suspicious or are they or are they like inside of each closet spending special amount of time in there stalking the the people that are in the closet what <laughs> you are a real you're a real whippersnapper sometimes up I tell you. Thanks. Thanks, Kent. But where were we? Because <laughs> you thought you were not. <laughs> you thought I meant stalker like isn't a stalker, like somebody that's stalking something. Yeah. And the Joe and you were like, this guy stalks supply closets. You want to know what's funny is I actually knew what you were talking about, too. And you I was just son of a biscuit. You old, <laughs> you old scoundrel. <laughs> I was trying to trick you, you. fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I feel like I feel like your true feelings came out right there at the end. Like when you're in therapy, those are the ones where they're like, "No, can't you can't you shouldn't no keep that one in." Sorry, and you didn't. I couldn't. It's all right. I that came roaring out of me. All right. I'm sorry. It was fine. It's fine. You know, I... this job, however, as a supply closet inventory specialist lasts, you guessed it, one day. Oh. Randy quits. He says it's too wow. hard. Says it's just not the yeah. job for him. As you also guessed it, his parents are super pissed that their 22 year old man baby is unemployed again. After one day, one shift, didn't even last the whole shift, he's uh, back in his room with his My Little Pony posters. This is true. His room was covered in My Little Pony and Danny Phantom posters, Amber McLean. His dad, in, a, in an act of desperation to at least have him have a job, his dad does, keep in mind, his dad's a, a, a manager at the Wise supermarket. His dad gets Randy back on there the same week that he quits the hospital. So he's back at Wise Supermarket, short short lived. It's about a week. Is he a, is he a stalker there too? <laughs> <laughs> and again, I knew I knew it. I knew where you were going, but I. Twenty fourteen. Oh man, is also the year that Randy grows tired of doing the comedy sketches on his Pioneer Productions channel. He wants to go darker. He wants to get into animation. And he wants to start a series of his own. And when I say a series of his own, we know that Randy's never had an original thought in his life. So I don't really mean a series of his own. It's really a branch off fan made series from Danny Phantom that actually revolves around the character of Ember McLean, who we covered 
in depth in in part one. And I got to be honest, I mean, this is sort of the brass ring for the Nickelodeon type of people because there's nothing more powerful than when other people enlist your brand to to create to birth other part like there's no bigger compliment than to than for somebody crazy or not for somebody to to want to create a whole fan universe around something you've already created it just adds fuel to the popularity of of what show was this Danny Phantom yeah that show you said it adds popularity but the show was that, that's another thing that's funny about all this not really a big hit with Nickelodeon. Yeah, but yeah. It could have something to do with the fact that a, a, a killer was ahead uh, of the of uh, the un, unsolicited fan. I can understand shooting up a nursing home over Rocco's Modern Life. It was a great show. Yeah. Or maybe Ren and Stimpy. Right. Doug. Oh, man. The th- hey, Arnold. Yeah. Danny yep. Phantom? Wonder Years? Fuck no. What, Jess? She keep what is she mouthing? She won't unmute John and Kate plus eight? Yeah, no, there I there's a fan group for them too. You're right, Jess. So he, he's so he's got a plan. Randy's gonna he's about to close the chapter on this on these comedy skits that he's doing under Pioneer Productions. And he spends the rest of 2014 making a four-part series, killing off the characters from his skits with a knife, as well as himself in the last video. So he spends 2014 closing the the book on this chapter of Pioneer Productions by killing Froggy, by killing Well, all with a knife. And then in the last video, he kills himself. In it, not in real life yet, but just in the video. And while he's actually stabbing Froggy with this knife, he really does on accident cut his right pinky finger. And this would require three surgeries over the next few years to fix. It was very deep. It hit a tendon. Really? And if you are nerve damage, if you are, if you do watch videos of Randy while he's whining and bitching and moaning in his car, he made plenty of those videos, you'll see that his pinky finger is permanently crooked. It's permanently hooked. Oh, that's because of that injury that he got while killing a a rubber frog as a twenty two year old Starbucks man. pinky. Yeah, I call that Starbucks pinky. It's a teacup pinky. Yeah, teacup pinky. Oh wait, no, that's the opposite of how to. No, no, that's right. Yeah, teacup pinky would be. Now the last like quote unquote normal video. For Randy, I use that word super normal for Randy, was uploaded January 12th, 2015. And that was the last one that was a skit, and that closes the book on things right before they go completely off the fucking rails. Because after successfully closing that chapter of his YouTube career, it was time to get really weird. And that's when he starts the EGR series. On his YouTube channel, Pioneer Productions. EGR? EGR stands for Embers Ghost Squad. And that would be EGS. Oh, um, if you if we were going by the, the words. And that's when it's time to start his EGS series on YouTube. Embers Ghost Squad. <laughs> Actually, I really like, I like it the way it was. Where did I get the R from? Where did that come from? 
Oh, you wrote it. That's why you said it. I'm like fucking Ron Burgundy. <laughs> so yeah, oh. his, his new his new YouTube channel no longer skits anymore. It's going to be all animations. It's going to be Ember's Ghost Squad. That's the name of the channel. So the R was the R was silent. The R is silent and squad. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sure. As it is. And okay. I think that's and French. this is going to be a Randy Stare original, but completely ori- unoriginal series based off a cartoon made for children, revolving around Emma McLean and some characters, original characters that he's made up. He also tagged, this is when he also tags himself with the name Andrew Blaze in his YouTube career. Okay. And Andrew Blaze is also a character in his Ember's Ghost Squad cartoons for YouTube, but it's a female. Andrew Blaze is. Now, if you're wondering where he got the name Andrew Blaze, it's not also that exciting. When it, He was affected by Hurricane Andrew when he was little when it happened, and he loved the name Andrew because he heard it first from Hurricane Andrew, and he also had a love of fire. Huh. Yeah, well. Makes sense. And like I've talked about, like I said, Andrew Blaze is a female character. Even though Randy Stare is male, Andrew Blaze is female, but she has a but she has a male name. And even though he was able to pick any name he wanted for his female character that was him in the cartoon, he still went with a male name. I gotta be honest, I feel like that's a bold that's a that's a future proofed bold move. Like it's one thing to to change your perception of of who you are identity wise, and then ascribe another name that fits squarely within that genre. He he bucked that trend, and he was just like, you know what, I'm I'm going I'm going completely crazy with this one, and and I don't know, I kind of admire that. Now this Ember's Ghost Squad thing is god it's like so i've been rolling around in my brain how to describe this because i had to go down a long painful excruciating rabbit hole of danny phantom and this bullshit that andrew that randy is writing that's danny phantom lore fan made lore and mm-hmm. and it's all very it's so crushing. It's just so crushing because it's so stupid. But this Ember's Ghost Squad is a series of his own where these characters are ghosts and they're trying to kill people or, or infiltrate the world and recruit new members into Ember's Ghost Squad. Mm. And what I need you to do right now, Op, is go, yes. that makes perfect sense so we can move along. That makes perfect sense. So we can move along. Yes. Thank you. Now, most importantly, out of all this horse shit, what's most important is he does create a fictional ghost character that I guess you could say is original, even though it exists in this world that is owned by Nickelodeon. He creates his own original ghost character for this corny cartoon he's making, and he names this character Mackenzie West. Mackenzie West is Randy Stair's dream girl. And he devotes his life to this character that he just created. Mackenzie West will eventually be the imaginary girl that he kills three people over. 
Interesting. This character that he created, this is like weird science, but on a much darker level. Yeah. And you can't physically touch her. I'm fascinated by this. I really am. Like just, this kid just in a vacuum has created like, no, so like since he was a kid, he's just shed the whole world, hates everything and creates a whole like universe in, in, Oh, that I, he is like ready to literally die for. Die for. And he says he he falls in love with Mackenzie West, a character that he created. This is what I have. It's hard to wrap your head around it. Because it's like, you know that she's not real because you made her. Yes. But. Yeah. In Randy's head, all he did was put. In rent, I've never had this problem doing a TCK before. What I'm the issue I'm having this is in Randy's head. He just he didn't create Mackenzie West. He like grabbed a pre-existing ghost out of the air and gave it a form in a cartoon. Repurposed it. Actually, did you? There's a term for this: fictophilia is when you fall in love with a fictional character or ficto-romance or ficto-sexuality. Okay, but what if you made the character? Because I know there's hentai nerds out there that love fucking anime and all that shit, and they've got the pillows that they like. That's still weird, but like it's still not even remotely as weird as falling in love with a an animated character for a children's cartoon that you created. Yeah. Uh, it happens with authors, actually. It, there's a lot of fiction fiction writers who say that they've actually become obsessed with the characters that they've created, they've written. So I don't think it's I don't think it's that crazy. But he's this whole I mean, he he's literally become like a little tiny god inside of his bedroom, and he's got a video camera, and and he's wow. Wow. And on the EGS channel and Mackenzie West and Ember Ember McLean, by the way, always there. That's another he calls Ember McLean all he always refers to her as his queen. But Okay, so he's repurposed Ember. Ember is now his queen. Into. But Mackenzie West, this character that he created, is his life partner, his like soulmate. Interesting. So he didn't just repurpose her. Yeah. He made another one. Exactly. Even though, if you look at pictures of Mackenzie West, his animation, and this, there's like there barely any difference. But right, that's sort of sort of Freudian thing, right? It's like, you know. and he really thought this EGS thing, this Ember's Ghost Squad channel, was going to take off. He 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 died feeling like he'd been robbed. The world just didn't understand it, and he was destined to be a celebrity and a huge name. Well, to let you think how important his EGS Ghost Squad channel should have been, let's let Randy talk about how he feels the EGS, how much respect his EGS channel should be. Hey, Randy, we're resur- we're resurrecting you from the dead once again. Dance for us, bitch. Oh, how I long to make a name for myself with the EGS channel. The curse that I bear is not being able to be famous until I'm dead. I hope people make something top-notch with EGS someday. It has the potential. Of course, with me dead, the charm will never be the same. Oh, fucking well. 
Seriously, make EGS happen the way I dreamed. Keep Andrew Blaze alive, hey, hey, by finding a guy with a voice similar to mine. Make it happen. I did the hard parts, duh. Find animators looking to make a difference. The EGSA canon should carry on. Spread the truth and change the world's ways on how we interpret death and the afterlife. Please make me proud. I envision documentaries about EGS. Even a movie. I envision comeback song. Playing in the opening title sequence and the theater cheering and crying. Make it happen. World. You can do anything if you try. My goals are extreme, but one of them is a must. I want to form a suicide cult following. If it happens after I'm dead, then so be it. But I want people to spread EGS around the globe and to perform mass suicides, sacrificing their lives for the squad. Something tells me at least one human will take their own life from watching EGS, and the parents will cause a national uproar over it. All towards me. Very full of himself. So crazy, too. Like, I forget that he never said one of those words. Like, it's so weird to hear his voice after watching a bunch of his videos and stuff, you know, knowing that we're literally unearthing his body to to say things that he just wrote in a journal. That's groundbreaking, like <laughs> cutting, bleeding edge. I don't know what I want to say about that. Thanks, man. <laughs> Feels like we're all on the same page, though. Here's the thing, though. He created this EGS bullshit. And then he bought into it like a hundred percent. It's like, this is why I know I keep bringing this up, but it's so odd to me because it's like Jim Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Jim Jones did never for a minute bought into his horse shit that he was feeding all these people that he had. Like he knew the truth. Yeah. But it's like he was a professional con. He was a con man. And every cult leader, I'll argue, is a con man uh, from the Ann Hill kids, Rock Terrio, Jim Jones, all of them. They know that they're feeding horse shit. They know it. But this is as if he's talking here about wanting to have cults follow him and his stupid little kids cartoon that he believes this. It's as if Jim Jones actually is so narcissistic. That he creates this stuff, knowing he created it, and then bought into it. Yeah. Am I? Am I like? I don't. Am Am I like overthinking this? I. I think you said Jim Jones. Jim Jones. You just said Jim Jones instead of Andrew. Instead of Andrew. Oh, okay. But you know what I mean. Yeah, and and I agree. It's like it's. It's fascinating. I ha if he were a business, there'd be like 10 people doing what he's trying to make happen in his own be little bedroom. Yeah. Which was a point of contention in his diary is constantly trying to get these voice actors that he's hiring and animators to help him animate this stuff. And it seems like they're like, he weirds people out, man. Yeah. Well, he's so passionate. He's pushing people. Also, zero dollars. So, you know, he's trying to. Enlist. Oh, no, he had money. He he taught. He constantly talks in his diary about paying these people lots of money. And there's no way he was making that amount of money on his wife's supermarket pay. So I'm suspecting there was a maybe a little bit of enabling from the parents, probably giving him money also to feed these people. But I get the impression by reading his diary 
that he, he bitches about a lot about voice actors not getting their lines to him on time or refusing to say certain things. Yeah. And animators putting him to the side. And I think it was because he was so passionate about this stupid fucking thing and it weirded him out. And they're just like, yeah, you're too much, man. Like, this is all weird. I've done it. I remember I did I did it as a graphic designer. I've done it as other professions where ideologically the money's really good for a, for a project or a client, but I turn it down because I'm like, no, no, sorry. Just yeah. because they're weird. Well, just because you kind of you can see you can see where they're going with it. You can see down the road. Yeah, you know, and you're like, I don't want to be part of that. In August of 2015, mm. eleven months later. He gets the night shift position there at Weiss Supermarket, and he also goes from part-time to full-time. So he's got a full-time job now. First time he's put on his big boy pants. I'm still living with mommy and daddy. Still got My Little Pony and Danny Phantom and Ember McLean posters plastered to his wall. And by the way, what he also does is draws large posters of Mackenzie West, his original character, and goes and gets those made into actual posters so he can hang Mackenzie West all over the walls of his room as well. Uh, just a quick interjection. I'm curious because he was a, he got great grades. Did anybody that worked with him ever mention, like, because you said he, he went full-time and everything. Yeah. My gut says he was probably a good employee, too. I mean, his daddy was a manager. Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Now, da his dad worked day shift. Randy worked night shift. And, and this is important for later in the story when the actual shootings happen, because it's important to note that he worked third shift. So it was through the night and the door, the stores closed at this point. So they were responsible for stocking the shelves, pricing items, taking in orders. It was just four people, five max in the store at any given point on third shift because the doors are locked. The stores closed. And uh, like I said, in August of 2015, he gets the night, sh night shift position there. A manager named Jeff puts him on his full time. And on this, Randy has this to say. Go ahead, dance for us, Randy. Jeff signed the death warrants for Victoria and Christian that day. Jeff signed hmm. the death warrants for Victoria and Christian that day. He will be right about one of those. Victoria does end up passing away, but Christian fortunately survives. December 2016 up. In December of 2016, that's when Randy Stair gets into guns. And this is what he has to say about... Well, he has a lot to say in this next piece. Just to give you an idea how narcissistic and full of himself he is, here's another little excerpt from his diary. I'm superior to these humans. I'm fucking evolved. I deserve better than this never-ending nightmare of reality. I want to get a shotgun and execute every soul in that goddamn supermarket. You retarded fucks who dedicate your life to retail should be shot in the legs, hanged by your toes, have acid thrown on your face, and have your neck slit slowly from ear to ear. Never in my life have I ever witnessed such a disgrace for a life than living in retail. So yeah, I'm superior to these humans. I'm fucking evolved. In January of 2017, Randy goes in for the third surgery on his pinky finger. 
He gets a two-month medical leave from work because he's a little bitch. I've never heard of a two-month medical leave for a pinky finger problem, especially when you work third shift, just putting stocking shelves at a supermarket. Yeah, if your dad's the manager. Yeah, that's true. On Monday, March 6, 2017, Randy does return to work at his last supermarket job after the two-month medical leave for his finger. A little under a month later, on Sunday, April 1st, 2017, Randy buys a black 12-gauge Mossberg 500 pump-action shotgun with a 20-inch barrel and a pistol grip. I gotta say, when somebody says, hey, I need something for home defense, I tell them, well, you could start with the Mossberg 500. That's where I always go. Yeah, yeah, but the problem is he bought it with a pistol grip. And it's a 12-gauge, and Randy is like eight pounds dripping wet, and he has these little bitch arms. Actually, Saturday, April 15th, Randy starts practicing shooting this Mossberg 500 with the pistol grip. And it almost knocks him off his feet. Because, I mean, a small person has an issue shooting a 12-gauge, even with a proper stock. Yeah. Buried in, but holding a pistol grip twelve gauge at your side—it's like a horse kicking you. I mean, it's it's that sudden and that that heavy. Yeah, he almost drops it when he shoots it the first time because he's got green bean arms, and it just flies backwards. But this video of him practicing with his Mossberg is later posted online. Here's the kicker: in the video, Randy is wearing a shirt that, in large black letters says natural selection on it. Uh. You want to know why that's ex- especially like alarming? Why this is a pretty big red, big red flag? Because there's nothing about shotgun shooting and it being natural selection? Uh, well, that's one thing, but the, but the alarming thing about that mm. is that, that is the exact same shirt that Columbine shooter Eric Harris wore on the day he shot everybody in Columbine High School. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I forgot. Oof. Turns out Randy Stair idolized specifically Eric Harris of the Columbine shooting. He he liked Dylan Klebold, too, but he really loved Eric Harris. Really loved Eric Harris. And here's how Randy felt about Eric Harris. I'll say it. Dance, mon- dance, dance, monkey. Dance, you little, p- dance, little piggy. Dance, piggy. You know. It's very surreal how similar Eric Harris's journal is to my mental journal, my thoughts. I've thought about so many things that ended up being in his thoughts before even reading the journal. The dude is a fucking hero to me. Dylan Klebold is great too, but Eric has literally been in my thoughts the last three years without me realizing it. I didn't research anything on Columbine until last year. Pretty fucking surreal learning how similar we are. Eric. Would have killed to hang with the man. Maybe after EGS wraps up, I hope. So in his journal, he uh, he talks a lot about how he hopes he gets to meet, that how he believes that Eric Harris is probably also in the um, Ember's Ghost Squad in the afterlife. And he's mm-hmm. going to hang with Eric Harris a lot, and they're going to torture humanity together. They're going to be pals in Ember's Ghost Squad. You never know. Because uh, I'm I'm not on the other side. I don't know 
what options present themselves to you. Another thing I want to say is he didn't have a long journal entry this day as opposed to other days because My Little Pony was coming on. And that's not a joke. That's me being dead serious. Wow. You know, I was just thinking. To be honest, um, if my son shot up a grocery store and the news tried to interview me as the father of the shooter, I'd be like, through tears, I'd be like, look, I'm ashamed. I can't believe I raised this thing. He has tarnished our family name. I will never enjoy another peaceful night for sleep as long as I live. Always wondering where I went wrong, what I could have done differently. I cannot believe that I raised a brony. Unforgivable. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what that's your takeaway. <laughs> And they're like, sir, what about the shooting? I'm like, yeah, that too. Really bummed out about that. As well. <laughs> Did you see his walls? They're covered in Applejack. <laughs> it's not even the prettiest pony. Then you go off on a tirade on one of the other ponies that's prettier on the on the air. Oh, Family's my. crying in the background. <laughs> Tuesday, April 25th, 2017. Randy flips a coin. And he flips this coin. He does this. This is a video you can find online. I didn't include any of the actual audio from his real videos or anything because that was done in every other podcast and they always have the same videos. And this is one of those videos that is posted in every, the audio from it in every podcast is on an episode on Randy stare. It's easy to find. You can find him flipping this coin, but he flips this coin to determine whether or not he knows he's going to kill himself. But the coin flip is determined if it lands on heads, I just shoot myself in my room. I kill myself in my room. If it lands on tails, I shoot up the Y supermarket and then kill myself. Mm. He flips this coin. It's best out of three. And unfortunately, it lands on tails. But that being said, I don't think it's above Randy Stare to record that video however many times it took to land on tails. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. He's he's looking to look edgy. He's looking, yeah, That's this exactly is exactly what it is. Show. And once know. again, zero originality. Yeah. This is basically just a cringe version of the Joker. And the video itself is so fucking cringy because he so badly wants to be scary. He so badly wanted to be scary. He wanted to make be he wanted people to be afraid of him and he like tries overly hard to seem evil and everything to a point where it's like you just want to slap his face and be like stop it you you little dork. And that's one thing listen to other episodes podcasts that done like they they feed into this he's just evil. God, he was like, "Don't do that." That's what he wanted. 
This is a little nerd. Yeah. Replaying is, uh, yeah, he wa- he wanted, well, uh, are we ki- we're kind of doing it by resurrecting him and reading his journal, but. We're making this little bitch dance. So. Yeah, we are. That's right. He can read this garbage that he wrote himself. I'm not going to read it. Especially that shit about black people and old people. I'm not going to. He wrote it. He can read it. Yeah, that's that's pretty hard stuff. After the f- coin flips turn out tails, supermarket shooting and then kill himself, he immediately goes online that same night, the same night, and orders another identical 12-gauge pump action Mossberg 500 uh, with a pistol grip online. The only difference in this one and the first one is that this one has an 18-and-a-half-inch barrel and the other has a 20-inch barrel. He thought the 18-and-a-half-inch barrel would be easier to put in his mouth. And to be fair, it probably would. But this is also when he names the first shotgun Mackenzie after his imaginary girlfriend that he created, Mackenzie West, and the second one, Rachel. And Rachel was another one of the characters from the EGS squad. Okay. And he, he orders that shotgun on Tuesday. That shotgun comes in the mail on Sunday. He was very happy in his diary when it came in. And I don't know of, I didn't even know, as somebody who owns a lot of guns... I didn't know you could just order a gun online. Well, you can't. Okay. So, yes, you can, but it has to be delivered to an FFL. It's got to be delivered to a. Okay. Okay. Federal firearms licensed look. You can't just, it won't show up to your house unless you're buying parts. And even then. I actually did know that because I ordered a lower. Yeah. For an AR once and they had to deliver the right. lower because the lower is the only thing that's registered or i'm sorry the upper the upper exactly the upper, the upper has the serial the upper has a serial number right. on it lowers you yeah barrels lowers jess is talking but she's muted i think she was saying yeah all the guns that uh um, all the guns that i own i have 3d printed weird jess okay and the ones that i don't that i haven't 3D printed, I have filed the serial numbers off of. No. Is that a gang sign she's doing with her hands? Bloods? It looks like it says Cheerios. Bloods. No, no you're I right. Yeah. And then she just, what is this? What is the meaning of pouring? Pouring as that Colt 45 she's drinking? Pouring a little bit. She just poured it all over her keyboard. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Schlitz malt liquor. I think it was Schlitz. But yeah, the upper part, that's a fun fact for people. The upper part of an AR-15 is the only part that's regulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much anything else you could get and it show up to your house. Anyways, let's go back to this journal for a second. Uh, this period in his journal, in Randy Stair's journal, is a lot of whining. I mean, it always had whining and bitching and moaning and being a little pussy. But it's it's a lot of, I hate this guy and I hate that girl and YouTube video beef involving voice actors and music and um, animators and blah, blah, blah. And this guy did me wrong. A lot of perceived uh, slots against him. When I think it's people just being weirded out by him. He also had a lot of beef that he moans and um, bitches about a lot in the diary about a fellow named Andrew Blade. Not Blaze, Andrew Blade. And that's a coincidence. The two aren't, Hmm. aren't... There's no connection between Andrew Blaze and Andrew Blade. But Andrew Blade was the lead singer of a band called Send Request. 
And uh, Send Request was a band that it seems Randy was also obsessed with from his hometown. It was a local band. They actually did a song called Anymore, and you can find that music video on YouTube right now. If you type in Send Request Anymore song, that music video that you are watching was filmed by Randy Stare. Really? Yes. And even more fun, here's another little fun tidbit of information. In the beginning of that video, you'll see they're sitting in a locker room, the band is. The kid in the very back that's taking a shower is Jeremy Stare, Randy's brother. So Jeremy and Randy both worked on this music video. Wow. So, yeah, that's a fun little fact there. Send Request, the name of the song is Anymore. Randy was obsessed with this band and particularly that song as well. And he helped record the music video. So there's that. June 7th, 2017. The day is here. This is it. He's flipped his coin. He's It's landed on heads. It's going to be suicide after shooting up the supermarket. And he chooses June 7th, 2017 as the day. On this day... Randy drives to the Weiss supermarket. It was and still is to this day located at 600 Hunter Highway in Tuckhannock, Pennsylvania. He clocks in at 10.52 p.m. His shift starts at 11, so he clocks in eight minutes early. Immediately, so this is 11 p.m. This is an hour before midnight. The store's already closed. It's just himself in the store and three others. Immediately upon clocking in, he begins blocking off the exits, all the doors, using wooden planks, pallets, and goods. One thing about this that I've always, like, that I wonder to myself as I'm reading and and everything is how nobody noticed that he was doing this. I mean, I guess in a job like this, you got headphones in, you're just working away in there. You're not really paying attention to what, especially since this is a large supermarket, there's only four of you total in there. I would imagine this is a zone out and just do your work kind of job. So maybe that's why nobody noticed. Yeah. But he starts at at 11. He starts blocking the exits. He also begins uploading and posting multiple links to videos and journals onto his Twitter account, his Andrew Blaze Twitter account, about the upcoming shooting and suicide that's about to happen. At 11.50 p.m. on Twitter... Andrew Blaze, Randy Stare, posts together forever. And then it has a drawing of himself with Mackenzie West, his imaginary girlfriend that he created. Nine minutes later at 11.59 p.m. on Twitter, Andrew Blaze posts hashtag heroes under a drawing of the Columbine suicide photo. Yeah. Fun fact to know and share. That's the name of our of our company here, eleven fifty nine media. The time that he posted that eleven fifty nine. It is good promotion there, op. Also, fun fact to know, ideal spot for a plug for our company. Also, fun fact to know and share. Uh, Nineteen ninety seven, In and Out Burger had a silver commemorative coin oh, made we all we were so close man and Ooh, we, if you own one of these it's it's literally worth a good amount of money now very rare and i meant to say it yesterday when you mentioned burgers it instantly thought me saying in my head 
what happened was there was a burger on a coin. Right. And I was like, oh, this, but I didn't want to interrupt you right. then. Thanks, man. Because it seemed inappropriate. Yeah. Almost as inappropriate as bringing a coin up right now. We're just rolling into this. It's getting ready to get really bad. Arguably the most, the climax of the story. We're at the climax of the story. We're rolling into it. Yeah. And you just bring the podcast to a screeching fucking halt. Just a. 1159 Media. Brought to you by 1159 yeah, you Media. Just, it's, it's insane how talented you are about Because, I mean, we we were really rolling. We were rolling into the climax here. Everything was going great. And you brought, we had momentum. Can't get enough. Momentum. And you just like pulled an e-brake with your coin fact there. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get enough 1159 Media? Visit 1159plus.com for more. Right. Thank you. Than, than ever. For the cost of a cup, for the crop of a Costa Cuffy right. a day, you can also... Feed me and my children. Are you done? Okay. Can yeah. we get back to this? What happened at 1230? What happened at 1237 a.m.? 30 minutes after midnight. <laughs> Randy goes outside. Pops the trunk on his car. His Hyundai Sonata. His 2013 Hyundai Sonata. The bro, the bro mobile. The brony mobile. And inside the trunk is a black duffel bag. And inside that black duffel bag are the two pump action 12 gauge Mossberg 500 shotguns. He retrieves those. And while out there standing at his car, he also sends a text message to his mother discussing his wishes, what happens with his journals, as well as his hard drives to his computers and how he once remains disposed of. He also uh, reportedly tells his mother to remove the internal hard drives from his computer before selling them. Unfortunately, his mother is asleep on the couch. She doesn't get these text messages before the next morning. Well, obviously, she's probably awoken up, I would say, around four in the morning by police. But she was asleep when he sent those messages. Yeah. And if I sent a message to my mom and said, hey, mom, remove the hard drives from my computer. It would never happen. She doesn't even know what I'm talking about. Also, what's on your hard drives that you don't want people to see? Yeah. What's on your internal hard drive? Uh, this kid already loves My Little Pony. My Little Pony and Danny Phantom and idolizes Eric Harrison, Dylan Klebold. What's on those internal hard drives that he doesn't want people to see? Yeah. You know what would be really funny is if with all the extremism that he's he he's doing, he had been diligently trying to gain a, a degree in medical encoding <laughs> and he's embarrassed about it <laughs> or like he's almost an RN or something, you know, his fantasy football team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I make a joke about fantasy football, but I should point out it's not really relevant to anything. He was a football fan. Randy did like football. Okay. That was the one thing that his dad I guess his dad was proud about was he he did love football. He he loved watching football and loved the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. So uh, he he sends his text message to his mom. He also begins blocking. So he gets back in his Hyundai Sonata and uses it, pulls his car up to the emergency exit door of the bakery section of the supermarket. So he uses his car as a barrier to stop that exit door from being used. Inside his car. 
He puts on black eyeliner and black lipstick to look just like Ember and Mackenzie West, the cartoon characters. Cringe. I know. Yeah. He tries to look like the cartoon characters. He also takes off his red Y Supermarket work shirt, revealing the shirt underneath it that says, it's our time to rise. He gets out of the vehicle, just drops that red shirt in the parking lot beside his car, goes back to the trunk, pulls out the shotguns as well as the ammunition. He had 100 rounds, over 100 rounds, actually. From head to toe, this is what Randy Stair is now wearing. He's standing there holding the shotguns. He actually just took one shotgun out. He only uses one shotgun in this entire assault. The other one was there for backup. This is his wardrobe from head to toe. He's wearing his white It's Our Time to Rise t-shirt. He's got a black long sleeve shirt on underneath it. He's got on a black beanie, black work pants, a black Ember's Ghost Squad wristband. Underneath that, he's wearing purple panties, a black bra, and obviously, like I said, his black ember face paint around the eyes. And he's also got his uh, his one shotgun. At 12.41 a.m., Randy re-enters the store by the main entrance, turns around, locks the main entrance door, and then blocks it with crates, pallets, and a power jack. Unfortunately, in aisle 16, 25-year-old mother of one, Victoria Brong, is stocking the shelves. In that same aisle, at the end, stands another employee, 24-year-old Kristen Newell. She has headphones in and is pricing groceries. So these two are standing in this aisle. One is stocking groceries. The other is pricing groceries. Kristen Newell has headphones in. They're not talking to each other. They're just working by themselves like good employees. If anybody had been paying attention between the two of them, they would have seen Randy step into view at the end of the aisle of aisle 16. However, Victoria Brong, the 25-year-old mother of an 8-year-old, and Christine, Kristen Newell both have their backs to him. This is when Randy raises the 12-gauge shotgun and shoots Victoria in the back of the head first with the 12-gauge Most of the round hits her at the base of her skull and her neck. She was shot five times total, Victoria was. Once in the back of the head, like I said, at the base of the skull. Once through the torso from left to right under her armpit. Both of these wounds were fatal, would have been fatal if if the other one hadn't been. She She was shot twice in the left hip as her body laid there. Now, on the first shot, when the first shot rang out, hearing actually the first two, Kristen hears the popping noises through her blaring music, takes her headphones down, or removes her earbuds and looks toward the noise. And she says that standing at the end of the aisle is Randy Stair holding the shotgun. She also sees Victoria Brong laying there dead on the floor. When they meet gazes, at this point, Randy's only shot Victoria twice. But when they meet gazes, Randy pumps the shotgun again and shoots Victoria three times while Kristen watches. After he stops shooting Victoria, the two lock eyes for about five seconds. Randy stares at her. She stares at him, frozen in fear. And then he turns on his heels and heads to the next aisle. He leaves her. 
He leaves her alive. And if you're thinking in your head, well, there's a little bit of humanity in this guy. That's not what happened here. He didn't give a fuck about Kristen Noel. He rants in his diary and, and some about how he has to leave a survivor even though he doesn't want to. Because if he doesn't leave a survivor, then there's nobody left to tell his story about how much of a how how scary he is. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason he left Kristen Noel alive. Kristen Noel will be the only person in Y Supermarket on this night that is spared. She's the only person left alive. At the end of all this. Now, from here, from this point, from the murder of Victoria Brong to the stare down with Kristen Newell, the rest of the rampage is only what I have been able to piece together by various newspapers and sources and interviews. Because, like I said, there were no survivors from this point on. We don't really know. There was camera footage, the security camera footage, but that shooting has never been leaked to the public that police have had on, held on to that. There were also no police sketches of the layout of the bodies where they were found. Everything with this case was held pretty close to the chest and still is to this day. Mm. But using interviews and newspapers and all the different sources, here's the closest order of events that I can that I have been able to piece together after this. After he pivots on his heels and goes into the next aisle, leaving Kristen Null standing there, 63-year-old Terry Lee Sterling, a Navy veteran, is coming up the aisle trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Obviously, five shotgun, 12-gauge shotgun blasts just rang out in the store. He doesn't know it's a shotgun at this point. He, I mean, you're, you're just trying to figure out what's up. Randy Stair steps into the aisle, and he's holding the shotgun, and I would imagine Terry Lee Sterling pretty quickly puts together what is going on, turns and tries to get away because they found 63-year-old Terry Lee Sterling with two shotgun wounds to the back. Ugh. Yeah, I will say uh, shotgun... The sound of a shotgun is percussive and really quick. It It's... It's hard to place. Yeah. Unlike a shot, unlike like a gun gun, it's a little more, it's much more distinct, but a shotgun sound, if you're not used to, if you're not familiar with it, it, it would just be like, what's blowing up? Like, you know, is there a, something's blowing up. Meanwhile, in aisle 16 where Victoria Brong is laying, Kristen Newell is squatted down beside her body. She said that at that point in time, she was still very lightly breathing. She was trying to get her to respond to her, but she was brain dead. I mean, the that first shotgun blast to the head had destroyed her brain. Oh, gosh. But when Kristen hears Randy murder, when she hears him murder Terry Sterling in the next aisle, that's when she runs. She tries to find somewhere to hide. Victoria Brong is dead. Terry Lee Sterling is dead. There's one person left on Randy's list, and it was his main target. And that was the night manager, 47-year-old Brian Hayes, who is married and had little children. Great father. Brian Hayes has just come barging out of his office and is wondering what the fuck is going on like you would. As you would. Unfortunately for Brian Hayes, he is at the top of Randy's hit list, and Randy is currently searching for him in the supermarket. Now, at some point in the next minute or so, Randy comes up on Brian and shoots Brian Hayes a total of five times. 
the the five shotgun blasts that Brian received, one to the head right above the right eye, which you can imagine what that would do to a head. Ugh. After he was dead, Randy shot him in his genitals and almost blew his genitals off. He he shot him once in the sternum, once in the right side of his stomach, and once to his lower arm. I would imagine that the lower arm and the sternum shot were probably the first two shots. Yeah. I think those are probably the ones that got him down on the ground. And then I would be willing to bet that the sh- the headshot was the one that killed him. And the, the shot, the blast to his genitals was like a nail in the coffin, kind of just an act of disrespect. Meanwhile, Kristen Newell, the only survivor, has moved the debris out of the way of the front exit and has successfully escaped. She hides in some bushes outside, and at 12.44 a.m., she dials 911. Now, while she's on the phone with 911, she's hearing shotgun blasts constantly ring out inside the Y supermarket. And that's because on the inside, Randy Stairs is just shooting random shit. Groceries, shelves, He even shot some propane tanks, but he's stupid. He thought that would explode and cause a bunch of damage. It didn't. He's just going wild. He's shooting anything that's got glass. Just just shooting shit. Mm -hmm. While he's doing this, though, Randy Stair is making his way to the deli section of the supermarket because for whatever reason, he's decided that's where he wants to kill himself, in the deli section. I don't know if that's where I would do it. I would probably go down in the bread section because of my love for carbs. (laughs) sorry i was straight down the hallway of tragedy was not expecting to take a corner into a joke where would you kill yourself in a grocery store um maybe the freezer section so my body doesn't decompose so fast it's always it's always like chilly over there and i like ice cream i'd probably do it in the i'd probably do it in the like (laughs) Cereal section. <laughs> oh, you do love cereal. <laughs> I love cereal. God damn, you eat more cereal than anybody I've ever met in my life. What about you, Jess? Where are you going to blow your brains out at in the grocery store? I, I guess maybe her mic's not working. I don't... No, it's working. I mean... I mean they don't have an executive's office in a grocery yeah, store, There's no Jess, mahogany so. desks here. Shut up. It's all yeah. from Ikea. Maybe in the butcher. Red wood lined wall. The bu- the meat the section. Meat. I can respect <laughs> that. Sounds appropriate. I'm certainly wow. not going to. He does it in the deli section. I'm certainly not going to do it next to the Velveeta. <laughs> next to the liver loaf. Right. The brown trigger. Haggis. <laughs> when Randy gets to the deli section, <clears throat> he sits down. Leans his back against a shelf, and Eric Harris style, like his idol, puts that 12 gauge shotgun between his knees. The end of the barrel, he presses it against the roof of his mouth and pulls the trigger. This shot literally blew Randy's stupid fucking brains out of the top of his head. I read his autopsy, and there were very there was very little left inside his skull. 
It blasted it all across the deli section. Uh. His skull was almost empty, according to the autopsy report. At the crown of his head, actually, the back of his head, there was a five-inch by four-inch exit wound. Five-inch by four-inch. That's a big old hole in the top of your head. Wow. Yeah. That close range, too, right? Yeah. Uh, When he pulled the trigger, the barrel also kicked forward and knocked his two front teeth out. Randy Stair died a pathetic 25-year-old virgin with My Little Pony pictures on his wall. Outside in the bushes, Kristen Noel hears the last shot ring out, and then everything goes silent. She said you could hear a pin drop. That last shot obviously was Randy killing himself. Noel said in a 2022 quote that, quote, one by one, the police showed up and they tried to, in- tried to enter the building to see what was going on. And and you could still hear gunshots going off inside until it was dead quiet. So on the last shot, the police are starting to roll up. Oh, man. Also, uh, rolled up, rolling up here in the last shot. Were they, uh, you're probably, maybe you're going to cover this, but were they fast? About getting in once they heard the shots or were they? Yeah, I mean, the police station, I think he talks in his diary about how he he thought about this stuff. Randy did. There's a police station like two miles down the road. Yeah. So they were there pretty quickly from the time she. I mean, if you think. So the entire thing lasted about five minutes from from killing Victoria Brong to killing himself was about five minutes. Wow. She placed the 911 call. At 12.44 a.m. And they were there by 12.49 a.m. Dang. So, yeah, the police were quick. They were really quick. After authorities arrived and they start surveying the scene, obviously Randy's dead, there were a total of 59 shots fired. 59 shots fired. So he shot five at Victoria Brong two at Terry Lee Sturving, and five at Brian Hayes, one at himself. So five, five, 10, 12, 13 shots total used on people, including himself. That means that he shot 46 rounds at groceries and glass and everything else. And like I said, from the mm. first shot to the last was about five minutes. On July 14th, 2017, a little over a month later, a month and seven days, the Y supermarket there at Hunter Road, uh, Hunter Highway, reopens after the carnage and everything had been cleaned up. They had actually, they did actually were required. I don't know if it's a law, but they did replace every single item in the store, whether or not it was damaged. Interesting on that, there was during uh, COVID, there was a gal who went into a, a produce section without a mask and like intentionally like touched everything and they emptied the whole produce section of you know a hundred thousand dollars worth of produce. I hope that bitch is under the jail too. Yeah, that's just mean and delu- crazy. Who are you hurting by do like what's your point? But yeah, no, I think they're probably for insurance reasons, I'm sure they're going to have to. Did you say they replaced everything in the store? Everything. Every single item in the store. 
Yeah, we don't have a map, but I'm guessing this probably went around all, all around the store. So, yeah, okay. What? The, the carnage was everywhere. It wasn't just one isolated place. So. Yeah, I mean, he was walking around for a bit. They're just shooting everything. But just, I, I don't know what the laws are in this, but they probably are required by some kind of thing, by company policy or something in a situation like this, as rare as it is, they're probably like, just replace it all. Because you don't want somebody to get home with like a thing of pickles and find brain matter on the lid. Yeah, or, yeah, your six-pack of Shasta has a blood splatter spot on it, and now you're looking at a lawsuit. Yeah. So it's probably better just to replace everything. Now, that's essentially the end of the Randy Stair story. There are a few losers online. If you look at YouTube videos, his, whole, his old videos, his Pioneer Productions channel has been shut down by YouTube. All of his original channels shut down by YouTube. But there are reposts of some of his videos on YouTube, and you will always find uh, limp dick losers uh, probably simps and uh, and cucks in the comment section, bottom feeders of society that still to this day idolize Randy Stair as well as the Columbine shooters. Yep. And you can find that on YouTube right now. You watch any Randy Stair video, go to the comment section. There's always some loser that's saying, oh, you know, society made him this way. Like, I just like Randy Stair. He was a hero. All these fucking losers. I'd imagine they're always going to exist. But EGS never took off. Surprise, the uh, Ember's Ghost Squad uh, cartoon that he tried to branch off from Danny Phantom never took off. No shit. It was trash, and it wasn't even original. It legally, by copyright laws, couldn't take off. Randy Stair will not be remembered as some super scary, evil mastermind of chaos that now haunts our dreams like he wanted to be. That's what he wanted. He was a pathetic, cowardly, virgin, cringy dildo. And now he always fucking will be the end. It's it's interesting. Like, do you ask my brain what what cases I have no idea about? And then that's how you know what to write them on. Because I again knocked it out of the park, son. <laughs> Thanks, man. I do want to say, don't forget to rate and review TCK um, if you haven't already. It does help the show. Uh, join us on uh, the eleven fifty nine plus things. Yeah, stuffs eleven fifty nine plus dot com. And I guess that's it. Yeah, download every episode of TCK on your podcast player if you want to see the needle move on on ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And blah 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 and all that shit that everybody says at the end of podcast. Blazy blah blah blah. What's the next episode going to be on? What what who are you hitting us up with? Your mom. Do we know yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh lordy. Oh. oh. I'm a I'm a real little whip. I'm a I'm a little booger. I'm a, I haven't told you how that I it's been a while since I've told you how, how much I love you. So I just wanted to I just wanted to let you know I love you so much. Okay, bye.